Thanks to Indeed for supporting the Apple Bits XL. If you aren't using anything other than Indeed for your hiring, you are wasting your time. Hire great people faster with Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash applebits. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And thanks also to ExpressVPN for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Stop letting people keep logs of what you do online. And if you visit expressvpn.com slash applebits right now, you can arm yourself with an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. We're back. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brand Song here, a.k.a. BTZ, a.k.a. your host, doing the most for all things good and bad inside the world of Apple. Thank you so much for coming out and listening. And if you're new to the show, welcome. If you aren't, thank you so much for continuing to support this show. And I just got back from CES 2021 just a couple days ago. I had to recover a little bit, so that's why this podcast at least is dropping on a Saturday instead of a Friday. And we will get back to our regular schedule where we typically dropped the show on a Friday, but had a lot of fun over at CES, saw a lot of cool things. And it did feel like for me that I actually got to be a part of the show because I was on a, in a studio and we were recording live. So that's why like I had kind of given you guys a heads up that my content would be a little less last week, but we're jumping right back into it. And when I come back, you have this just boatload of Apple news and rumors. So we're going to get to all of that. If you want to be a part of the show, all you got to do is record a voice memo. We're bringing back the calls. I got a couple of them in. Record a voice memo on your device, your phone, whatever platform you're on. Send it to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. Your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. There is going to be so much to talk about and to react after this uh, show. I promise you. I promise you. Also, you can support this podcast at patreon.com slash Tong. This is brought to you really by you. And thank you so much for all of your support for everyone that continues to during still unprecedented and just crazy times. It starts at $2 per month. $5 is a cup of coffee. $10, $25, the $100 platinum Apple level. But what you get is early access to content, awards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. You hear no ads whatsoever. And then also we kind of do some exclusive stuff. We're doing a Zoom call coming up this week for all Patreon supporters. It's raw. It's an hour. We just hang out and talk shop, and it's really cool. So patreon.com slash Tong is how you can support the show as well. All right, let's get into it. And man, this week, okay, so yeah, you know, we go through CES, and then I come back, and Mark Gurman is just dropping bombs left and right. So we're going to get into all of them. I'm talking about multiple bombs. We've got MacBook Pro, new MacBook Pro stuff for 2021, iMac stuff, Mac Pro stuff for 2022, iPhone stuff. I mean, he covered the gamut and released all this in one single day. So there's a lot to get through, but I think if you haven't heard about it already, you're going to get excited because, you know, I talked about in 2019 how Apple had really showed me that they were starting to listen to its core audience and really kind of pay attention to what we care about. We saw them respond with a fully customizable desktop pro-level Mac Pro, which was really on the minds of a lot of their hardcore loyal users. We saw the iPhone 11 finally kind of get back to basics. It surprised me with a great camera and killer battery life. 
kind of two things that aren't the sexiest things, but you could tell Apple was listening, and clearly that planning happens two, three years before that. So they had heard the frustration where there was this kind of real, I would call it just a plateau of really just not much stuff happening between around the iPhone 7 to the 8-ish area, about a two and a half year gap, and people were frustrated. So now we're here, and 2021 looks like it's going to be an incredible year for the Mac. Not We already know about the M1 processor that Apple is now really leading the industry with. Um, And we're going to see even bigger advancements. Of course, yes, someone's going to say, hey, what about AMD? Okay, yes, AMD. What about, you know, uh, NVIDIA with graphics? Yes, okay, you're right. Intel, though, is starting to really become a third place competitor at the moment, at least if you're talking about consumer and pro level. We're not talking about workstation level stuff, but consumer and professionals. You're starting to look at AMD and Apple as kind of the two. And then Intel, although still part of that player kind of slowly but surely sliding to that third spot and it starts here in 2021 with a macbook pro now a report from bloomberg and then also a report from ming chi kuo i've kind of combined a lot of these but i'm gonna break this down and get excited if you've been looking to get a macbook pro in 2021 because according to the report bloomberg's mark german claims that MacBook Pro models will bring back MagSafe charging, and it'll also allow for faster charging speeds. Now, it'll continue to support USB-C with expected two USB-C ports located next to a MagSafe port, and then presumably two other USB-C ports on the other side of the machine, because remember, even Apple reps told me when I was talking to them about the MacBook Pro 13 and they said, oh, and I said, hey, there's only two ports here. What happened to the four port option? They said, oh, are you telling me that Pro users want more ports on a MacBook Pro? This is just the first generation. This is just the start. What do you think we're going to do? They never said they would do it, but obviously intimated that, yes, we will see more than two USB-C ports on higher end models. So German reports that, and you have to remember MagSafe This is not a magnetic wireless charging. This is a magnetic connector that allows, you know, when you trip on the cable, it pops off. It doesn't drag your entire machine down and potentially, you know, take it down to the ground, gets dented, gets damaged. The wire kind of pops off. Now, some people may have felt that MagSafe was a little too loose in the past. I loved it because I never had to worry about my laptop getting yanked or moved around if if anything happened with the cable. And that still happens to this day. Um, You know, sometimes I bump across the wire, and they're like, damn, I wish I had MagSafe. Well, MagSafe is expected to be coming back to the MacBook Pro, right? Almost like Apple, again, going back to basics. Other stuff about this new MacBook Pro, the machines will, of course, come with the next generation of Apple Silicon chips offering more processing cores and improved graphics. That's compared to the original M1 that was in the first batch of Apple Silicon Macs. We don't know if it's going to be an M1X or even another generation higher for an M2. It's still in testing. The actual cores for processing graphics have not been revealed because it's still being tested right now. Also, Ming-Chi Kuo has thrown out that this new MacBook Pro would receive a new redesign with completely flat edges, more similar to an iPhone 12 style or iPad Pro style design. Right now, we kind of have a subtle curves or 
I guess you could call them, yeah, slopes on the top and the bottom of the MacBook Pro. That would be completely flat, according to Quo. Now, German in his Bloomberg report, has said it'll be, they'll look similar with minor design changes. Quo is leaning into this completely flat design. We will wait and see what happens. The other juice here, obviously brighter and higher contrast panels for the displays. They have not outright called out mini LED displays for this new MacBook Pro in 2021. We expect to see that, but they haven't, they haven't outright said that yet. But the biggest juice here that you've got to love, German reports that Apple is also testing versions of the MacBook Pro without a touch bar. Now, Quo is saying there will be no touch bar. German is saying they're testing it without a touch bar. And that, that, my friends, and I know there's some of you that love it, and there's more people that don't love it. I even did like an impromptu uh, poll on Twitter, and basically 36% of people said keep the touch bar. 64% of people said get rid of the touch bar. I'm on team get rid of the touch bar. I use the new updated 2020 MacBook Air that still has a Touch ID button, but gets rid of the touch bar and still has physical buttons. Look, just brightness and volume, the two things I use the most on the touch bar are easier and more accessible and quick hits instead of hitting the icon, then sliding it. No, I just want to tap it. I know exactly what I want. Also, the touch bar never evolved for me. It never got haptic feedback. It didn't offer new features or functionality. To me, I think what would be smart, and maybe this is a step in the direction that they're doing, is if you're going to get rid of the touch bar, that's going to save you costs. I think I remember at the time, man, when they released the first MacBook um, 13-inch with a touch bar, and then they had a model that didn't have it, I believe the difference in price was around $200 or so. So if you take out the touch bar, that cost is going somewhere else in the machine. But to me, if we're looking way, way down the road, I'm saying, hey, take the cost of the touch bar and apply it to giving us a touch screen. I mean, that's what makes the most sense for me. The touch bar was, wasn't that, didn't give us enough benefits. I know, again, some of you love it. Some of you really like it. Some of you don't want it to go away. But I'm saying it didn't do enough and it didn't evolve enough. Now, we're expecting the new MacBook Pros for 2021 to come in either a 14-inch screen size or a 16-inch screen size. The 14-inch would be a new screen size. There's no word if the 16-inch is like a 16.5 or larger, but right now the reports say 14 and 16-inch. But I don't know about you all. I'm excited about this new MacBook Pro. This, if if all these things are true, I mean, this tells us that Apple's been listening. Look, they... They got rid of the horrible butterfly keyboard. They brought back an improved scissor switch keyboard that everyone has raved about. And I told you all when it happened, I was telling people the butterfly keyboard is no good. And for most people, it's no good. And everyone loves the scissor switch keyboard. So they're kind of going back to what made the MacBook Pro special. You're bringing back MagSafe. And now you might be removing the touch bar. And and now also reports say that Apple will be bringing more ports to this MacBook Pro. Now, four USB-C ports is fine, but they're even saying uh, potentially additional ports, maybe an SD card port, so that you won't need as many dongles. 
Because even if you have four USB-C ports, you still need a dongle. So what else could that mean? There's so much fire and energy behind this MacBook Pro 2021. I'm obviously genuinely excited about it because this is the machine that I want in 2021, a new M1-based 16-inch MacBook Pro. And now you're telling me they're throwing all these goodies at it? My goodness. My goodness. I mean, should I just call it now? Because the way that I'm feeling right now from everything I'm hearing, if this is true, oh, you know that's a good Apple. Yeah! It has to be. There's nothing else it could be. This is going to be one of the machines to get for 2021. So we start with the MacBook Pro, okay? But then let's, let's keep on going with Mark's reports. Again, from Bloomberg. This time, we're talking about the iMac. Now, according to the report, Apple has major plans for the iMacs, including a completely redesigned iMac that will feature slimmer bezels around the screen. The metal chin will be completely removed for design that is more similar to what we see with the Apple Pro Display XDR, except it's going to be an iMac. Now, we've heard of these rumors, but now... Bloomberg and Mark Gurman are giving us more details about that design. Rather than having the kind of curved, swooping booty that has been iconic for this iMac that has pretty much kept the same design for roughly around, maybe a little over or under, just around 10 years or so. I remember getting the 2011 model. Um, so yeah, around 10 years, that round curve design on the rear. The new iMacs for 2021 will feature a flat back. So... Again, this high, kind of whole flat slate type design, the best way that they're describing it and what previous rumors have described it is, is more of a iPad Pro design language, which has translated over to the iPhone, which could be potentially translated over to the MacBook Pro and now also could be coming to the iMac in 2021. The expectation is that there will be two versions uh, that will replace the existing 21.5 and 27-inch models. Now, Bloomberg themselves say those will still be the, the two sizes. Other rumors have suggested that one of these models will measure in around 23 or 24 inches. We'll see. Uh, also, obviously, Apple will bring in the new Apple Silicon chips. There are still no details uh, if they how many cores they will have, both for processing and graphics. And this is another shift away from Intel chips. I mean, I said it when they first launched the M1. It wouldn't have been nice if... They really launched the M1 with an all-new form factor, and they didn't. And look, coronavirus probably had some hand to do with that, the pandemic. But the performance on those, once people found out about them, not only did people buy the current hardware, but it just set us up for a huge 2021. Now, reports say that Apple Silicon chips for this kind of, I guess you could call it this next generation, could have as many as 16 power cores and four efficiency cores and then higher end desktop models could have as many as 32 high performance cores reports also talked about apple really bringing more oomph to their gpus and is testing 16 and 32 core graphics components that would all be part of the m1 chip uh, with the potential that they would not have discrete graphics card options at least for their desktop models that remains to be seen but the new imacs are expected in 2021, there is no specific launch time right now, but that would at least indicate to me, because we're already in January, that we should expect to see these the second half 
of 2021. It would be surprising based on how the rumors line up if we saw this before June of this year. Maybe we get a sneak peek of it at WWDC, but it wouldn't be released, if I had to guess, until the second half of 2021. And there are so many of you that, I mean, almost every year for the past, really specifically three or four years, I always get asked, when are new iMacs coming? When are they going to change the new iMac design? It's been about 10 years, but this is going to be a huge change. I mean, this this might be the biggest change that we see across the entire Apple product line. Like this Mac itself will be the biggest change out of all the Macs that we see this year. But that is not all, friends. In addition to iMacs now, we get more details about two new Mac Pro desktops. Now, they aren't expected to come this year. It looks more like these will be coming out in 2022. But according to Bloomberg and Mark Gurman, they're working on two models. The first model will be pretty much a successor to the current MacBook Pro and the large tower design and pretty much unlimited expansion capability and customization. It looks like it may be equipped with Intel processors rather than Apple Silicon chips um, and kind of be the sole machine in the lineup to still use Intel processing, and that's okay. But rumors suggest now with this transition, they're also working on a second machine. And this second machine will absolutely be using the next generation of Apple's chips. This could be the first machine that actually uses the M2 chips now, right? If it's 2022, that's a gen- that's absolutely going to be a generation after M1. But the thing about this is that the design is expected to still be mostly aluminum, but Bloomberg says that Apple is trying to, quote, invoke nostalgia for the Power Mac G4 Cube. I don't know if you all watch my videos that much. Some of you do, some of you don't. Over my shoulder is a Power Mac G4 Cube. It is one of my favorite Apple pieces of hardware of all time. I love how it looks. It was also a favorite of Steve Jobs. It was also a tremendous flop for Apple. It was way too expensive. It didn't have enough expansion. It even had an optical drive slot on the top. I mean, this this was the really the precursor and how they packed everything into this. This informed them of how to build a Mac Mini. But its design, to me, is iconic. If any of you don't know what a Mac a Power Mac G4 Cube looks like, go look it up online right now. This thing is a beauty. It's still a beauty. And for me to know that this could be what the design is inspired is the inspiration for the new Mac Pro uh, that is reportedly going to be about half or even less than half the size of the current Mac Pros. I mean, that's exciting. This is still coming 2022. Again, we talk about Apple testing silicon chips with with as many as 32 high-performance cores. Right now, it's at eight performance cores. So we're talking about a huge generational leap for the new Mac Pros coming sometime in 2022. And that is also when Apple said that their entire product lineup would be transitioned over to the Apple Silicon by the end of 2022. And the Mac Pro isn't necessarily a top priority from a standpoint of how many users are purchasing it, but this would be another kind of flex 
and showcases really how good the what what is that like north star of how how great of a performance machine that they can build with their M1 chip at that moment in time. It's going to be special. I thought the Mac Pro was special, but it was obviously too costly for me to drop some cheddar on that. And now I'm kind of excited that in two years, the fact that I waited, maybe the Mac Pro is in my sight now. If we're talking about a workstation like that, for someone like me, who knows how much it's going to be, right? That's going to be the big question, especially once you fully load it. Now, if we still stick in the Pro space, we talked about what so far MacBook Pro, iMac. We didn't really talk about iMac Pro, but you got to imagine that's going to be part of the formula as well. They'll probably just put out a machine with uh, more cores, just higher performance, but still with the new redesign and then still in that kind of space gray color, which looks sassy. So we talked about MacBook Pro, iMacs, Mac Pros. That's still not all. Apple said to be working on a lower priced external monitor as well to succeed their Thunderbolt display. Now, if you remember, I think it was back in 2016, um, that's when Apple discontinued their Thunderbolt display. It was $999. It was actually originally introduced in 2011. Great display, to be honest. I got it for my parents back in the day. Uh, that, was the mach- that was the display that they used. I believe it was. Yeah, it was. So according to, again, Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, Apple is working on a more affordable display. And this is why it makes sense, right? This won't be a Pro Display XDR, which is priced at least starting price point at $4,999. And then it has a $999 optional stand. But a cheaper monitor, this is geared more towards the consumer and even professionals if they want. I mean, I'm a prosumer. Maybe I do get a display like this. But the fact of the matter is there's a lot of people in the Apple ecosystem, in the Apple world, that would like a monitor that matches their machine that doesn't cost $5,000. And that's exactly what this would be. You know, a lot of times, I think some of the suggestions are there's LG's ultrafine displays that they suggest on the website. And they're really nice. And they're also a lot more affordable. I think they're more around like the $1,500 price point. Um but we know the Apple user likes to be kind of everything matchy-matchy. You feel like it's this kind of full comprehensive solution. And there's plenty of room for them to really grow their product lineup. And a, a new display would be the answer. And $1,000 would make sense. I know it's still not the cheapest display. You'll be able to get bigger and badder third-party displays you always have. But part of that is the design. There, There's no word on the size of this display. There's no word on the resolution or any other specs, how many ports it has. We know that right now the Pro Display XDR is 32 inches. So I'm going to say, and the Thunderbolt display was a 27-inch panel. So to me, maybe maybe 27 is the sweet spot. Also, you got to imagine 27-inch in the larger iMac. So it kind of just aligns and makes sense across the board. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there, 27-inch. So, so much happening in that Apple space when it comes to the Mac. Like I said in my video, 2021 is absolutely going to be the year of the Mac for Apple. Because we know that the iPhone is kind of going to be on an S year. It's a transitional year. Maybe they release a portless iPhone 13, but the design is going to stay the same. We know that nothing's going to drastically change with the camera and you know, Samsung is already, th- what, this is year two 
of their 10X optical zoom camera, which is insane. Apple's still around 2X or 2.5X. But if we're talking about iPhone right now, another, this is like, again, another one. Bloomberg's Mark Gurman is reporting that Apple is testing in-display fingerprint sensors for the new iPhone 13. It's about time. There's also a foldable iPhone in the works. Now, I think last week we talked about foldable iPhones and there's been a lot of rumors of them at least testing them. There's two models in play. Well, according to Bloomberg's Gurman, there's not two models in play. Apple has started early work on an iPhone that has a foldable display. Um, The testing has begun. Apple's still not committed to releasing a device that has a foldable display. So this is still very, very early on. Development has not been expanded even beyond a display. So they don't even have full foldable iPhone prototypes in its labs, which, again, is an indication that, look, this thing, if they do it, is at least two years away from now. So what, by then, Samsung will be on their Z Fold 4, if not even further. And I'll tell you right now, the Z Fold 2 was my favorite, absolutely favorite product. The best mobile handset in 2020 was the Z Fold 2. That thing is amazing. And if you're an Apple lover and you wish that it was a product like that with Apple software, yeah. You could see where it's going, but it's not coming. Just don't get your hopes up that a foldable is coming in the next one or two years because I don't think it is, especially with where they are in this development process based on this report. Now, Apple has discussed several foldable screen sizes in previous reports, one that unfolds to a 6.7-inch display similar to the one on the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Um, Most of the designs are supposed to have a mostly invisible hinge we had heard Rumors uh, from John Prosser that they have one that has two panels separated. According to this report, the latest report, they're really specifically focusing on one without a hinge. This also may not even come to market, quite honestly. This, we're really, this, again, I don't, I want to temper your expectations. We are extremely far away from a foldable iPhone. Now, the iPhone 13, really, again, not expected to do much, not anything major, I think. Apple is going to look at this as an S-type model, and it'll get a processor boost. It'll probably get at least camera improvements, but nothing groundbreaking. And they also said are said to be finally testing in-screen Touch ID fingerprint readers. Now, this would be interesting because Qualcomm at CES 2021 recently announced a newer touch uh, in-display fingerprint sensor that was faster. It had a larger space. I've played around with the Galaxy S21 fingerprint sensor. That phone is coming out in a week and it is snappy fast. It is touch ID fast and that's what we want. So I wouldn't be surprised if the component that ends up being in this display that Apple is testing comes from Qualcomm. We'll see, but that would be my hunch. I mean, we've seen, look, Samsung provides displays for Apple. Qualcomm just provided the 5G antenna for Apple. It's, it wouldn't be a surprise if Samsung and Apple both used a Qualcomm in-display fingerprint sensor if it works for them. So that would be the biggest change, most likely a fingerprint sensor, and then the rumors and rumblings of a strictly wireless charging iPhone. That, that would charge a lot slower, by the way, but if it has enough battery juice in it and you don't 
charge as much and you're really more trickle charging here and there, I think it works. So that 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 is all that Mark Gurman all like as if it was oh that that's all that Mark Gurman put out. All of that comes directly from Mark Gurman Bloomberg. So we got to give him major props for that. Um, I've been trying to get him on the show recently, so maybe we can get him to follow up and talk about some more of those nuggets that he has. But that was this is looking like an amazing year if you're a Mac fan. All right. Thanks again to Indeed for sponsoring this podcast. If you're using anything other than Indeed for your hiring, you are wasting your time. Hire great people faster with Indeed. Only pay for results and get back time in your schedule. Now, Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates with Indeed Instant Match. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates instantly. So you can do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality shortlist faster. With Indeed, there are no long-term contracts. You can pause your account at any time, and you can only pay for what you need. With Instant Match, you see a list of great candidates with zero weight, and Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to TalentNest. Want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere, so get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Also, thanks to ExpressVPN for sponsoring the show as well, because what if there was someone out there who kept a log of every single thing you did every minute of the day, I think that would be pretty creepy. Well, guess what? What if I told you that's exactly what happens every time you go online? Your internet provider like AT&T or Comcast is allowed to store logs of every website that you have ever visited and can legally sell this data to anyone. So that's why I've used ExpressVPN. Now, ExpressVPN reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your internet provider can't see or log what you do online. And now you might be wondering, well, if I'm routing all my data through a VPN, then doesn't that just mean the VPN itself can see what I'm doing and log my data instead? And you're right to think that, but many VPNs claim to have no log policies, but have been caught logging customer activity. ExpressVPN is the VPN that you can trust because they use trusted server technology. They were the first major VPN provider to engineer all of their VPN servers to run in RAM. So this makes it impossible for their VPN servers to store any data, including logs of any ExpressVPN customer. Stop letting people keep logs of what you do online. Visit expressvpn.com slash AppleBits right now and find out how you can get three months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash AppleBits, expressvpn.com slash AppleBits to learn more. All right, everybody. So, you know, I, I get done with CES. And the thing is that the tech world still doesn't stop because directly after CES, Samsung had their Samsung Unpacked event. And there were some actually really big gems that came out of it. Obviously, in this phone world where there's a lot of competition between each other, I talked about a little bit earlier, Samsung announced their Galaxy S21 lineup. So that's the S21, the S21 Plus, and the S21 Ultra. They also announced their new Galaxy Buds Pro, which are really like their version of AirPods Pro. But I've always actually preferred the Galaxy Buds design because it doesn't have that stem. And I just think they actually look 
really, really slick. Now, the thing about the the biggest thing about the Galaxy S21 series is they've kind of incorporated the camera into the design on the back. It actually looks cool how it's kind of hugs the edge and has that rounded corner. The other big thing, though, for me, okay, you get the new Snapdragon 888 processor. It has Wi-Fi 6 ultra-wideband capabilities. And then the S21 Ultra can use the S Pen. But for me, the biggest thing on that S21 Ultra is the 10X. They have a they have four camera lenses on that camera now. So they have a wide camera. They have an ultra-wide camera. But they're throwing in two telephoto camera lenses, one that does 3X optical and the one that does 10X optical. And this is kind of their periscope folded design. But the S21 Ultra has a true 10X optical zoom on their camera. And if all indications are pointing pointing to the iPhone not making very big significant changes in their camera, the iPhone camera might arguably only have a 3X optical. And I'll tell you right now that there's a big difference in the quality of photo that comes out of that with a zoom. You know, Samsung keeps on touting this whole 100X space zoom and 100X space zoom doesn't mean squat. It's, yeah, it's cool. It's really 10X optical and then they use uh, digital to multiply it, but no one's gonna use that. They should really be leaning into the 10X optical zoom, but they aren't. Uh, The new Galaxy Buds Pro also have 360 audio, basically their equivalent of spatial audio with head tracking as well. Really compact. I don't know. I love this a lot. But the biggest, the funniest thing that comes out there, right? We know that Samsung has continued to troll Apple, continue to always call Apple out. Like when they got rid of the headphone jack, Samsung made it a point to make fun of them. And then Samsung got rid of the headphone jack. Samsung ripped Apple about the notch. They did like a huge TV ad campaign and they had people with like hairstyles that had notches. I will give them this. Samsung did not incorporate a notch. And then we get to Samsung outright after Apple said they were removing the power adapter for uh, environmental reasons. Samsung then ripped on Apple and said, like, you know, with the Galaxy, you always get a power adapter. Well, Samsung also removed the power adapter. So this is just that stupid stuff where if you're, we know in the tech world, everyone kind of copies from each other and then innovates and improves on their own and kind of has their own take on different things. And sometimes it takes years to happen. That's fine. But for a company like Samsung to really be so hard about calling out Apple and then doing the same exact thing, they, they, they should just shut their mouth. And they do it within a year, right? It's not like they wait two or three years. Like they follow what Apple does. And Apple sets trends in the industry and Samsung themselves honestly has an incredible product, but I think that they just, they just got to stop doing that. We talked about how they kind of pay attention to what Apple's doing and, and copies Apple. Well, this is the, this is, might be the funniest thing that came out of that thing of their Samsung impact announcement. Samsung's own galaxy smart tags beats air tags to the launch. So this is again, the tracking tags. Samsung Smart Tag is going to be $29.99. This is a Bluetooth-based tracking tag using Bluetooth LE 5.0. They also promoted that later in the year they will have a ultra-wideband-based tracking tag called the Galaxy Smart Tag Plus. That will be $40 for the tag. These two tags will only work in Samsung's ecosystem with Samsung's own app and platform. But this is what is crazy, okay? So the Apple AirTags have been rumored for at least a year over a year. 
And now Samsung is at the point where they released a product before a rumored product was released. Apple hasn't even released the AirTags yet. We're expecting them to come out sometime in 2021. Uh, Samsung has released a product based on a rumored product from Apple who has yet to release <laughs> that product. Good Lord. That's crazy, y'all. That, that is crazy. We're going to get through some quick stories. Uh, we had talked about Apple potentially expanding some of their subscription services. Well, Apple, according to the information, is now playing with the idea and developing a podcast subscription service to better compete with Spotify, better compete with SiriusXM, better compete with Amazon, who just acquired Wondery, who's a huge podcasting platform, because now we're starting to see podcasts are like shows. They're making money, they're driving interest, they're driving traffic, they're driving revenue. And podcasts are starting to become exclusive to certain services to drive traffic to those services. And Spotify is in a great job with this. Amazon's hoping to do something similar. Well, Apple doesn't want to be left in the dust with this. So Apple could potentially be releasing something like a podcast plus. We'll see what happens. I mean, Spotify really is doing it with what they they got the ringer, which is like Bill Simmons platform. They acquired companies like Gimlet Media. They got the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, they've gotten podcasts that people care about, whether you agree with them or not. They They have shows that you can only listen to on their platform. And Apple needs to do something. I think if Apple is looking for an excellent, top quality, Apple-based podcast, that has an average 4.9 star rating from over 1,200 ratings? Bring us on, baby. Okay, I'm just playing around, but this is, this is the type of stuff that Apple needs to do, right? Bring on top-tier shows. I'm, I'm not laughing at It's just no one should ever call their show a top-tier show, even if it is a top-tier show. Show some humility. Just do the damn thing. So Apple's getting into the, into the podcast space and maybe other subscription services like we talked about last week like a stocks plus um and and things like that also if you're talking about audio apple is continuing to maintain its dominant share in the wearables market in 2020 this is according to a report from counterpoint research so we know that the airpods are huge and has really allowed wireless audio to explode and pushed new form factors from not only apple but their own company right we have the airpods max well according to Counterpoint Research in 2020, Q3 of 2020, Apple's market share was 29% worldwide. Xiaomi was 13% and Samsung was 5%. Then you have JBL at 5% and then others. So Apple is dominating this market right now. They probably got a little uptick with the AirPods Max. Uh, But then this makes sense that Netflix is reportedly testing spatial audio support for AirPods Pro and AirPods Max. And I think a lot of you hearing that right now love this because right now Netflix has no spatial audio support whatsoever. This is according to a report from French site iPhone Soft. Right now, spatial audio works on iPad and iPhone. Um, So if Netflix is working on the support, it would obviously be limited most likely to Netflix titles unless they flip the switch with any title that has Dolby Atmos support to also support spatial audio. We'll see what happens, um, but it, it is obviously compatible on phones and tablets. They make no mention of it being 
compatible on on the Apple TV app. So it's really still focused on mobile use. And if we're talking about content, before we wrap things up, okay, remember Apple in like October extended the Apple TV Plus free trial that lasted for, I believe, a year if you bought an Apple product during a certain window of time. Um, I think it was a if you brought a new Apple device after some time like September 29th, you got a full year of Apple TV+. Plus In October, they extended it to, okay, it's going to through the month of January. Now, it appears that Apple TV Plus viewers will be getting another extension that will last until the end of July. So if your subscription was set to expire anywhere between January and June, it is now being extended all the way through July. Um, I, I know I jokingly said on my video like, Oh, I can watch Ted Lasso now. And guess what? I can watch Ted Lasso now if I find time for it. I mean, I just went from four months of nonstop Apple to CES, and now Samsung has stuff. I'm hoping that typically February is a little bit of a a quieter time that I can kind of catch up on my sleep and then continue to do, you know, watch Ted Lasso and let y'all know how I feel. I'm not complaining about working hard because you guys and gals all support me and I you know, independently, it it's a blessing without a doubt. But yeah, sometimes I get tired. Like, I guess I'll take a break eventually. We'll see. We'll get, we'll get there. But Apple TV Plus going all the way through July. That's nice. That's a nice bonus. Free content is always good content for me, as long as the content is is actually good. All right, everybody, let's get to our phone calls. Remember, you can call and be a part of this show. I guess I shouldn't call them phone calls. Voicemails. Let's call them voicemails. All you got to do is record a voice memo, a voice memo, not a voice memo, a voice memo, send it into applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. So let's get this party started. We're going to start, first of all, with Jordan. Hey, Brian. Love the show. Jordan from Columbus, Ohio here. I want to say right off the bat, your AirPods Max video was a fantastic idea, and I wanted to thank you for that. But I had a couple quick things I wanted to say. One was, I know you've mentioned having troubles with the AirPods Pros in the past, staying in your ears. And this is something that had always troubled me, was my left ear, just the AirPods, no matter what tip size, didn't work well. So I picked up some of those memory foam ear tips off of Amazon for I think like 20 bucks which seems steep for a price of foam, but it actually dramatically improved my experience with the product. If they stay in the ear better, they block sound better, and I feel like they sound better. So I just want to give a shout out to that product, and hopefully some other listeners or yourself can, uh, can pick some up and maybe improve the experience. Also, I would love to know your thoughts on the Apple Car rumors. I think it's like the craziest product to come from Apple. Would love to hear what you think. Thanks. Bye. All right. Thanks so much for calling in, Jordan. Um, so first of all, love the tip you gave. Some people have actually written me on Twitter, said, hey, get these um, earbud foam things. And I've actually cited Amazon specifically. So it's a great tip for all of our users. Since day one, for me as well, the left ear always eventually just wiggles out. Even... 10 minutes after I start talking to someone, 15 minutes, and I'm always constantly fiddling with it. If you've seen some of my videos where I happen to be using AirPods to talk to guests, 
it always pops out, even when I like wedge that damn thing in there. So um, great tip for there. Now, if you want to know my thoughts on the Apple car, you know, when there were reports, maybe even just as far back as like a week and a half or two weeks ago, that an Apple car was coming in like two years, uh, Hyundai was working with Apple. I'm like, there's no way an Apple car is coming in two or three years. That There's just no way from a development standpoint, from evidence that we've seen, the fact that there was turmoil within that division of what they wanted to be, whether they wanted to be a car company, whether they wanted to be software or a platform for cars, and now maybe they're exploring the car idea again. Look, the Apple car was, the idea of it was cool before Tesla came out. Okay, and some people complain that I say, oh, it's Tesla. The scientist was Tesla. Well, Elon Musk calls it Tesla. And I think he does that deliberately so that it it's, doesn't reference it. I think he wants it to be its own thing. So I'm going to call it Tesla, okay? And the Apple car, which could have been the Apple car, is, te- is the Tesla car. You know, you, you could say, okay, Apple's going to release a car. To me, it's not going to happen until four or five years, maybe more. Let's, let's give it within five years. I think I even, in prediction show, just for fun, I had said I still I thought that Apple would release an Apple car in 10 years. And I said this probably, I think, around four or five years ago when I was still working at that other place. So I'm still on, I'm still on track with that. I just don't get excited about an Apple car because if you, if you think an Apple car is going to be great in five years, just think about how great a Tesla will be in five years with all the knowledge, all the R&D, and all the tech that they have. We've seen this company, even just from a supercharging standpoint, right, and battery standpoint, they gave cars more battery life after like a year or two just through software. And they continue to do a lot of amazing things. I personally don't own a Tesla. I have never bought a Tesla. My lady is the one who actually owns the Tesla. So A, that's why I've never really done any videos on it because I don't want people to think like, oh, Brian's doing just fine. He's rolling a Tesla. It's not mine. And maybe I will do stuff down the line if something changes drastically. But I feel like let's not let's not front and you know do something if if I ever one day down the road get one. Um, but it is an amazing, amazing car. It's kind of fun to experience it uh, in that way and not have to pay the monthly, uh, you know, <laughs> monthly cost for it. But I, I don't I don't get excited about the Apple car. I really don't because I think the excitement that's happening in the car space is coming from Tesla. You can see how they've influenced a lot of what the entire car industry is doing because they're such a threat to them. Uh, GM is going to be announcing something around like a couple dozen EV versions of their current cars in the next few years. We saw Mercedes-Benz at CES 2021 showcase a fully like 56-inch touchscreen car display for their EQ uh, sedan, which looked amazing. I mean, this stuff is happening because Tesla is pushing the car industry. And I will never, I always say I will never doubt Apple, but to me, the Apple car feels like it's it's uh, not only is it going to be too late, you know, there are spaces where Apple has tried to do stuff and they haven't been able to make it happen because they've kind of taken their time. And then they're, look, there's actually companies that are smart enough and capable enough to actually make great products outside of Apple. Tesla is one of them. You look at whether you care about privacy or not. We've talked about this plenty of times. The home assistant speaker, the smart speaker, Apple tried 
Apple has tried. You, you don't see all of a sudden HomePods everywhere because they're mini. They're too late. And I still will never doubt them. Um, but to me, it feels like this car space is one where they're coming too late. There's going to be other players that make great electric car solutions, and Apple will have that lure. But I'd stick with a Tesla before I jump over to an Apple car easily. The Apple car would have to prove itself to me. Like what? What? It's okay. It's going to be plugged to the ecosystem. What is it going to do with battery technology? Tesla's way ahead of them when it comes to battery technology, right? They could make. You know what they could do? They could make more comfortable headrests. The headrests on a Tesla, they're all curved and janky. Their seats, their seats need to be more comfortable. That, other than that, it's a bomb. It's a bomb solution. Okay, sorry I lingered on that, but I, I really don't think that Apple has what it takes uh, to really change, revolutionize the car market when the revolution already happened. It's now all about improvement and, uh, you know, evolutions, not revolutions. All right, let's get to our next call, and it is our last call coming to our man, regular listener, really like, you know, a contributor to the show almost now, Mr. Josh Carp. BTZ, this is Josh calling from Ambler, Pennsylvania. My question this week is about the next version of the iMac first. I wonder when you think it's going to be released. Second, I'm curious what the screen size is going to be. Currently, we have a 27-inch, which I really like the screen size. It seems like rumors are saying that there'll be a 24-inch, and I'm wondering if that means we'll get a smaller screen size or less bezels or both. The second and most important thing is that you have absolutely killed it this year. Your content is amazing, and you are a huge bright spot in an extremely dark year, and I thank you for that. Peace and love. Yo, Josh, thank you so much for the kind words. Um, really appreciate it. I mean, I've been hustling this year. It was, it was. I mean, I was, I, I'm still, I, I kid you not, I haven't recovered from um, last, from the holiday season. Um, and that, that AirPods Max review that uh, Jordan referenced, I mean, that became a labor of love. And I, I thought it was going to be a 20 minute review. And as I kept on digging deeper, I was like, we need more. I think I can tell a great story. It was a 54 minute review. I think it took me four and a half. At least once I started shooting it after I figured out what to do in my brain, it was about four and a half, five days straight of staying up to like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. just to get it out before the break and in time. Um, and yeah, you know, it came a little later after some, but I, I didn't get it from Apple. I bought it myself and I had a great time doing it. So th- thanks for acknowledging that. I mean, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but it was, it was, <laughs> damn, it was a lot of work. Now, if we go to the IMAX, the thing about this, if you look at Apple's product line and you look at the Pros and the iMac Pros and the iMac, the 27-inch is going to be the sweet spot. If their current Pro Display XDR is 32 inches, Apple's not going to ever kind of go in that t- territory because they kind of need to keep you know, what's Pro is Pro. If anything, they could arguably down the road, and they're not going to do it anytime soon because this thing is a $5,000 display, they could release an even bigger monitor because... At CS, we're seeing a lot of ultra-wide displays. We're seeing people like Asus and LG release 40-inch widescreen displays. So Apple can go there and complain that area. I mean, we've seen other companies release larger displays as well. I'm not saying Apple's going to make us an ultra-ultra-wide one for superior gaming or productivity, but I think there's there's more room for them to go beyond 32 inches. It probably doesn't happen this year, though. 
Uh, for the iMac, you know, they did say reports 21.5 and 27 inches. I hope it's actually kind of a little sleeker with a smaller bezel. I think it'll just look more impressive. Uh, some people might say, oh, fill out that space with the display. No, just just make the bezels really small and minimalist, and people are gonna it, people are gonna love it. And it's gonna be a thinner machine. It's gonna be a flatter machine. It's gonna be sick. So I think I think when we talk about screen sizes, we should expect maybe you know the report is twenty one and a half and twenty seven. There's rumors of twenty three, twenty four. I don't. There's not much difference between twenty four and twenty seven. So I'd like to think they still think they still stay at twenty one and a half and 27 and with the release date even if it's coming in 2021 we've heard no indications gonna be anytime soon we're looking forward to new ipad pros potentially with the mini led displays sometime in march or april so that the imax wouldn't make that cut and would most likely be after june kind of like what i talked before so thanks again for all the calls everybody really appreciate that and again be a part of this show Look, there is so much to talk about. I really would love to hear about your thoughts on the new Mac lineup. What excites you? What else do you think they could do that could that would make you happy? Because now we're starting to see Apple really kind of go retro, kind of take us back, but modernize with a lot of the things that we loved about previous machines. And I don't know, 2021 is going to be an absolutely huge, huge year for the Mac. I can't say that enough. Remember, if you want to continue to call in, Record a voice memo, applebitshow at gmail.com. But that's going to do it for this week. Got to give our big thanks and shout outs to our Patreon Platinum Apples at the $100 level. My goodness, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, Eric Cohen, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you for your support. Thank you to all of your support. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you do it. Starting at $2 per month, you get early access awards, and a completely ad-free version of the show, and more bonuses and more things to come in 2022. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Be safe. It's been a beast of a week for me, and uh, just just happy and thankful that you all continue to come back and join me and, you know, just talk Apple Shop and be here supporting. I can't say thanks enough, all right? Take care. Be safe, everybody. It's the Apple Bits XL. Peace. Peace.